Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hey, welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Please subscribe to my stories on iTunes, Snazzy Stories on iTunes, or many podcast apps, or just go to the website, snazzystories.com. Well, today's story is about the settlement of a place called New Harmony in southern Utah. When the LDS people settled Utah, their leader, Brigham Young, sent exploring parties around the territory looking for possible settlements that would be conducive for his people. Southern Utah scouting parties were sent, and it was decided that Brigham Young would start sending Mormons south. He believed it to be a good military strategy to have his people at both ends of the territory, as well as places to provide way stations for his weary travelers coming to and from California, Nevada, and Arizona. And the third opportunity he saw was that his people would be sent as missionaries to the Paiute native people and try to convert them to Mormonism. This was Young's number one priority. He said of the new settlement in Harmony, which we're going to talk about, quote, you are not sent to farm, build nice houses and fence fine fields, not to help with the white men, but to save red ones. Learn their languages, and this you can do more effectively by living among them, as well as writing a list of words. Go with them where they go, live with them, and when the, they rest, let them live with you. Feed them, clothe them, and teach them in their own language. They are our brethren. We must seek after them, commit their language to memory, get their understanding, and when they go off in parties, you go with them." Unquote. The Paiutes had been living in this area for thousands of years before the Mormon settlers arrived. To help relations between the Mormon settlers and the native people, Indian agents were appointed. And John D. Lee was appointed as one of these Indian agents, and he was an influential Mormon at the time. He came to be known as a true friend to the Paiute people. Now, Parley P. Pratt was sent south to explore the area when his report came back favorably to Brigham Young. And Brigham Young called John D. Lee and others to settle south of Parowan, Utah, at a place that would become New Harmony, Utah. John D. Lee had already helped settle Parowan, Utah, but he was happy to go farther south. Lee organized a group of men to help him settle, including Elisha H. Graves, Charles Dalton, and William R. Davis. Fifteen men and their families began to build their fort in 1852, but in 1853, the Walker War, a war between the Utes and the Mormon settlers, was in full swing. Therefore, the settlers moved 22 miles north to Cedar City during that time to hopefully be safer. But in 1854, the settlers returned to Harmony and decided to move their fort four miles north closer to the mountains in an attempt to have better control over the water and till more land. The new fort was built out of adobe bricks and took a couple of years to build. Families made their way into the fort a little at a time, but by 1855, all of the families were moved into the new fort. Fortharmony.org gives a good description of the fort's dimensions. Quote, the new fort was 200 feet square with gates on the north and the south. 
There were two outer walls with space in between, the outer wall being three feet thick, the inner wall 18 inches thick. The foundation was three feet thick as well. Inside the walls were rooms 15 feet square, 12 to a side, on the east and the west walls at least, with bedrooms serving the west rooms on a secondary story. A well 100 feet deep provided drinking water. A large oven in the southeast corner, some 10 feet or so out from the rooms, provided a central baking area. A chapel and school existed in the fort by combining several rooms into one. Unquote. The fort blossomed with John D. Lee in the lead through freighting, farming, raising cattle, and maintaining a guest house for weary travelers. Fort Harmony also became the county seat for Washington County and was the mission and stake headquarters for the southern part of the territory. However, Fort Harmony being the mission headquarters of the southern territory did not sit too kindly with John D. Lee. He had a different vision in mind for Fort Harmony. He wanted the fort to grow into a thriving settlement. But Brigham Young sent 21 young men to the fort in an attempt for missionary work. Winter was on its way, and Lee had no time to deal with missionaries entering his fort. They arrived May 2nd, and Lee quickly put them to work to help his community prepare for winter and find solid ground for their families. The missionaries were less than happy to assist in the needs of the settlement. Their instructions were specifically to do missionary work with the Paiute people. Tensions arose within Fort Harmony because of the different goals of each group, and many of the missionaries accused Lee of abuse of power. Finally, a decision was made to move the Indian mission headquarters to Santa Clara, further south, and appoint Jacob Hamblin as its mission president. With the tension of the missionaries gone, Lee could focus on a permanent residence for his family in Fort Harmony. The fort became an agricultural location, which meant there was farmland stretching past the fort in all directions, and it was home to at least 300 settlers. It also became a temporary shelter for several children who survived the Mountain Meadow Massacre in 1857. The fort helped John D. Lee on a personal level as well. Lee was a practicing polygamist, and once the polygamy laws were enforced in the United States, federal marshals were sent to the Utah Territory to round up all of the polygamists. Lee would sometimes camp on high mountain ridges east of the fort, where he had a good view of the federal marshals coming onto his turf. His wife would signal Lee by hanging white bedsheets on the clothesline if she saw federal marshals in the area. Eventually, Fort Harmony lost its county seat status to Washington because of the large population, but Harmony was still thriving despite that loss. Brigham Young even stated it was the best fort in all of the territory while he was venturing to his southern people settlements in 1861. But on December 25th, Christmas, 1861, a storm that would bring the fort to its knees swirled in the sky. The heavy rain and wind began to wash away the adobe brick. Luckily, the settlers were out of range of flash flood areas, but they became fearful when they saw the wind and rain picking away at their settlement. January 1st, 1862, the weather temperature dropped, turning the rain to snow. The snow began to pile up against the walls of the fort, but temperatures began to climb again, melting the snow, but rain continued flooding all of the underground rooms in the fort, and the walls began to crumble, and the barns were collapsing. 
By mid-January, many people were moving out of the fort with their other family members whose homes were more secure. All the families were moved out of the fort by January 18, 1862, except for John D. Lee and his family. On January 31, 1862, the sun peered through the clouds, the first time in 29 days, and hope was on the horizon. But that hope did not last long. Soon a blizzard dashed their hope to pieces. The strong winds of this blizzard destroyed every last bit of the ruins that was Fort Harmony. After 44 days of violent weather, February 7, 1862, Lee's wife began to gather her children to leave the fort. At that moment, a violent gust of wind tore through the fort and blew down a section of the fort's wall, killing two of Lee's children and almost killing two others. When the sky finally calmed, the settlers decided not to rebuild the fort but instead moved five miles west and began the town of what is today known as New Harmony. Others settled the town of Canaraville, Utah. The foundation of the fort is still present at Fort Harmony. In fact, I walked along those very rocks just a few days ago. It was interesting to stand on the original rocks of the settlement and imagine a thriving community and realize the core of these people and what they wanted lives in that foundation a solid place to raise their families and live their best life. The people in Fort Harmony saw their world literally crumble, but they changed their tactics and moved a few miles away and rebuilt their lives. And that town is still thriving today. But the foundation of Fort Harmony is also still there, a testament to those people's ability to withstand the everlasting violent storm and rebuild their lives. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story. 